0: Hi everyone, I'm Amber Rose, the Religious Hippie, and welcome to A Catholic's Perspective. For those of you just finding this podcast, let me tell you a little about myself. I was born and raised a cradle Catholic until I fell away from the church for eight years. I just recently came back to the church and I could not be happier with where I am today. I am currently a junior in college and I'm studying graphic design. I am an ambassador for multiple amazing Catholic Christian companies and I love working with all of them. Now, some of you may already know me from my popular Religious Hippie social media channels, such as TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have all kinds of Catholic content on there, so don't forget to go check those out. So the reason I wanted to start a podcast was so that I'd be able to have a longer format which people could listen to from wherever they are. I particularly wanted to address issues that young Catholics face today in the secular world, and I want to do that by providing information along with commentary and even a little of my own opinion. I can't lie, from time to time I might be discussing very controversial issues, and some will find my opinions unappealing. But I do this out of my faith and service to God. We must keep communicating with each other, respecting each other, and put each other on the path to sainthood. I think you'll enjoy the podcasts coming up and I thank you for being here with me. everybody welcome back to my podcast today I have my friend Gabe here who is a convert from Calvinism and he's going to be talking to us about his conversion story and what he wishes he knew before converting so welcome Gabe why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself
1: all right hi everyone and first of all before I start I want to thank Miss Amber Rose for granting me the opportunity to come into her podcast and to be able to talk about my conversion story and the best advice I can give for all who are uh, planning to convert to Catholicism. So just a bit about me. Uh, so first of all, my name is Gabriel Chosa. I am 19 years old, although, although I will be turning uh, 20 in about 13 days or so. Uh, currently, I am, a, I am a college student at, the, at a university and I am planning to major in my bachelor's degree in civil engineering. Uh, And like she said, I am a a convert from Protestantism, specifically from Pentecostalism and then later on Calvinism. Um, I was received into the church on April 3rd, which was Paschal Vigil of this year. And just some of the things that I like to do outside of work and schooling, it's basically, um, I like to study theology in my part time, as well as study patristics. Uh, specifically from St. Augustine, but as well as from other saints like uh, St. Saint Athanasius or uh, St. John Chrysostom, St. Nicholas, so on and so forth. I just love studying history, love studying about, about the Catholic faith, and, uh, and that's, we'll take it from there and we'll talk about the conversion story and the process
0: awesome well also like welcome home i know i know we already talked about it because we're friends but like welcome home on the podcast <laughs> uh it's so exciting when we get new converts and just like everybody has a different story which is one of the reasons i love talking about this topic like i could have this topic with like a hundred different people and it'd be completely different every single time and i'm just like i love that so much i love the divide uh the divide the, div- <laughs> the diversity oh my goodness <laughs> See, I can't talk. Um, so I guess we're just going to jump right into the question. Yep. Um, I guess the first main question is: What kickstarted your interest in Catholicism, and who or what was your biggest influence?
1: Yeah. So in matters of what kickstarted what kickstarted me about learning about Catholicism. Well, at first, at first, the reason why I decided to take some time in, th- in studying about Catholicism as someone from a uh, you know like a Protestant perspective. The reason why I started getting getting kickstarted in Catholicism, because, I mean, I viewed Catholicism as, you know, one of those Christian denominations, but Catholicism, for me, in Catholicism, I was very bipolar, I was back and forth on the one hand, I said, well, you know, they are Christians at the end of the day, but at the same time, I said, you know what, maybe we should get them safe, because at the same time, I feel like Catholicism is a false religion. So, my reasoning for starting Catholicism was basically to understand, okay, what is their perspective? But the problem is that uh, at least the resources that I was given was more from my Protestant uh, Protestant misconceptions about, about Catholicism, like, for example, justification, uh, the views on Mary and the saints, so on and so forth. But I guess what became my biggest influence in learning about, and finally learning about what Catholicism truly teaches at the end of the day, it was the holy, it was the holy sacrifice of mass, mm. because what happened was that uh, one day my stepmom, who was a Baptist before, who was a Baptist before, but one day, and she was born a Catholic, but later on became a Baptist, but one day she, she told us, and this was, I believe, two years, I think it was two years ago, uh, during during uh, Lent, um, she told us, hey, I'll be go, I'll be going to the cathedral uh and and attend mass do you guys want to come with me and i was kind of skeptical at first because again i had misconceptions about catholicism and i felt like personally going to a mass was an act of i guess you can say an act of apostate apostasy but with charity i decided to i decided to go um and you know before i came to the mass again you know i just had various misconceptions about the catholic faith the main one was primarily that that Catholicism was just not Christ centered, uh, mm. Christocentric, in other words, and uh, meaning that Christ is not the uh, true mediator; other mediators, other than Christ. Um, and again, you know, every single Protestant has their story. It's not like every single Protestant, you know, has the same perspective aside there. But at least that was my 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 perspective at the time. But just getting to be able to watch to, you know, to experience, uh, the mass, how it was all centered, you know, to God, you know, specifically, uh, it wasn't in a, in a way to centered around the blessed mother or the saints. Well, there were some intercessions, don't get me wrong, but it was mainly about, it was mainly about God. And I think the, the thing that caught me the most was, was the consecration to the Holy Eucharist. Now, despite the fact that I didn't believe in uh in in transubstantiation at the same time I saw that that hmm, maybe there is some maybe Catholicism truly is Christ-centered and so I guess that I guess just experiencing the mass that they kind of humbled me to believe that okay maybe there's just more to Catholicism than what I've truly been provided or taught because I've studied other faiths like you know Mormonism or Islam and the problem is that I was always given, you know, the resources, you know, the Quran as well as the Book of Mormon, so on and so forth. But I've never took the time to use Catholic resources like the catechism or the, or the documents from the Council of Trent, so on and so forth. So being, getting able to experience the mass and understanding that, that you know, Catholicism truly is Christ-centered um, it kind of opened me to the opportunity to study more about Catholicism because I felt like I was missing, uh, more than what I've been truly taught.
0: Yeah. Right. No, that's so true. I think a lot of conversions happen when we take people to mass with us. Um, and they truly witness, you know, what we believe as Catholics and they're not just told certain things. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really powerful. Um, and through your conversion story, like, how did you get started in your conversion? Like, what was the thing that really made you decide to convert and, you know, research and stuff?
1: I think it's primarily, I think it's primarily the question that all of us got, this is that all of us have after we start uh, studying about the faith, and that is, okay, what happened after the, what happened after the apostolic era? Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: Because, I mean, especially when we have, uh, you know, 2000 years of, of Christianity, it's not like, you know, it's not like after all the apostles died, everything just went pure on silence. I mean, if we're debating right. things like, you know, like, you know, the Trinity or, uh, or whether or not, or whether or not Christ has, has, you know, one nature or two, there was a lot, obviously, there were a lot of events going on. Um, so I guess some of the things that got me interested is uh, the way I got started it, just to understand is, uh, okay, who are the witnesses after, 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 after the apostles, and, you know, just to basically conclude it was the, was the early church fathers, I guess, now, to be fair, I'm only, I'm only 19 years old, I'm not claiming I know everything about the church fathers, but I, but I know, but I, but based on what I've been provided, and some of the, and some of the things that they have been taught, especially, especially getting to know about, what they believe about the liturgy and the pre- and the real presence, as well as some of their perspective on the Blessed Mother, and I guess other things like later on, like um, uh, basic, basically, you know, uh, intercession of the saints and uh, and original sin, you know, other other various teachings and the sick and the councils that defi- that define these that define these dogmas. It was primarily church history that was my interest. And I guess the reason why I kind of got started with that, because when I was a Protestant, I mean, that was the kind of the very last thing I thought I thought about. But when I was uh, heading into my junior year of high school, is when I started get is when I started becoming more open and learning about what other people from other perspectives believes about the Christian faith. And I just heard various. Uh you know, I just heard various claims such as, you know, basically that the Trinity, that the doctrine of the Trinity was invented at the Council of Nicaea, and they bring other topics such as, you know, the Crusades, as so the Spanish Inquisition, and, you know, uh, Cologne, you know, uh, basically, uh, uh, you, know, you know, Catholics coming into the new world, so, so on and so forth, you know, basically all these other things. Mm-hmm. And, I guess you can say that kind of rocked my faith in some sense because these misconceptions were just coming at me, especially when people were critiquing uh, the "quote-unquote" various uh, contradictions that are, you know, in the Bible. And I just didn't want to. I didn't want to sleep at night having these worries at the same time. So I took the time to not only defend these things about the new testament but as well as going back to history to understand because the thing is especially when you know i was in love with the faith i love my faith so much that you know when you love something you want to learn more about it Mm -hmm. you just don't want to leave it though just don't want to leave it the way it is you want to continue to grow in it even better so and i also think it comes mm -hmm. from
0: that saying i what you said there just made me think of um what they say weak catholics become protestant and strong protestants become catholic right i just thought of that <laughs> yeah sorry to interrupt i just it made no, me think no, of that and i was like no, oh wait
1: <laughs> no worries but yet it was just mainly that that i wanted to get to know more about the faith just sim- not just simply okay let's just let's just see what happened in the apostolic age and let's ignore everything from there
0: right. and when
1: i and when i tried to and when I tried to, for example, talk to my, uh, one of my Protestant pastors about church history, he just said it was all violent stuff. Obviously, it was all violent stuff, but I mean, there's more to that. Yeah. And, and yeah, I guess that's what just got my interest uh, in starting to study these things was primarily that I just heard these misconceptions but at the same, you know, these critiques about Christianity, but at the same time, it was that after I wanted to know, you know, what Catholicism teaches, especially I went after the teachings that kind of concern me the most, like, for example, Marian dogmas and uh, purgatory and, uh, and, uh, you know, justification, you know, just these things, I wanted to understand, okay, what is the Catholic perspective, where did they get it from, and so uh, the main way I understood it was by seeing how they get it from sacred scripture but at the same time now that i've been more open to the church fathers i also wanted to know how they got it from sacred tradition so
0: right no yeah and also like i think that's like the first step in actually understanding catholics and like catholicism is having an open mind and not just like wanting to stay in those misconceptions actually you know and not constantly trying to um defend the misconceptions and being like well this is this is what i was told so this is right instead of actually going out and doing your own research and stuff so that's awesome um what would you say your rcia experience was like
1: well the rcia experience was very short because what happened was that um and i didn't just mention in the last question but basically when i started doing my research we're talking about it was a good two-year uh, approximately a two-year research where i was just trying to clarify my understanding of catholicism because while at the same time i was kind of getting <clears throat> while at the same time i was somewhat convinced that catholicism was true around a year and a half i also took even more the time to clear up maybe some other things because i feel like i feel like every and every, every convert can relate to this is that you, you get excited that you're finally convinced about these things, but you don't wanna to rush too much about it, you gotta take your time because especially when maybe you're fully convinced and you tell someone someone about this, but then they said, oh, what about this? And it just leaves you up to asking even more questions and researching. more. So in matters of the RCIA experience, um, like I said, I, I went to RCIA, uh, uh, it was last year, and it was around uh, August, if I don't recall, if I remember correctly. And again, it was it was pretty short because in, on day one, I basically described to my coordinator. Um, you know, what are some of the things that I know? Uh, because we were doing pr- practically an introduction of, of you know uh, what co- what background do I come from and what got me interested into Catholicism. And then I just you know took over the show by basically explaining what I know and what I don't know. And I knew a good amount of the, a good amount of the things, so I would say the RCIA process went pretty smooth. It we were just uh, we were just addressing a uh, simple because again you know uh, again it was it was just uh, I just learned a lot of things before I came to RCIA, but uh, basically just some understandings about prayer as well as the sacraments um, and and nothing and nothing too. And not, and not too much information from there those were just basically some of the basics uh they just wanted to clarify to me you know where do where the what are the sacraments where do we get it from sacred scripture where do we get it from sacred tradition uh and that's where we basically went on from there hmm. was there was more there was more don't get me wrong but the, but that was just that was just the main things so i would say rcia process went pretty smooth in my, in my case
0: Very cool. Yeah, I know a lot of people have different RCIA experiences, depending on teachers. Other people have priests that actually teach them directly instead of going through an RCIA process. Um, But yeah, no, that's awesome. So you said that your mom was a or your stepmom, um, excuse me, was a uh, Catholic but became Baptist, correct? Right. Um, so how did your friends and family members react to you becoming Catholic?
1: Yeah, so it was basically a, I would say it was a mix of reactions. So on the one hand, my mother's side, um, my mother's side on the one hand was pretty excited when they found out that I wanted to convert to Catholicism because their family is because, because her family was practically raised Catholic. And so I remember when uh, I remember when I told, for example, my aunt, who is who who in the family is most practicing one. I remember when I told her that I wanted to convert to Catholicism, and she got pretty excited because she knew that I was Protestant. She knew I was following a different perspective of Christianity. But when she found out that I wanted to convert to Catholicism, and it was really unexpected, she was not expecting that, and she was just really excited, as well as as well as my cousin, who it was you know her daughter, because. Because one day, funny, funny story, one day I was on Snapchat and then I, uh, I was followed by a lot of Catholics, uh, you know, from Hispanic backgrounds. And then one day I decided to be a fool by basically posting uh, a picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe, uh, making a red cross around her and then telling the Catholics to, com- to convert and leave Catholicism. And, I, and surprise, surprise, I also sent that to her because she was, because, you know, she was Catholic. So when she so when she found out that same day, so when she found out uh, a few months ago later on that I went to convert to Catholicism, she was just shocked. She was like, "Hold on a minute! So you just posted this a while ago? Wait, what? What happened now?" (laughs) So, but with that being said, she just got excited and uh, and the same thing with my mom and other family members on her side. Now my father's side, well. My father side, it wasn't that I didn't get that much reaction. They were, ju- it was just basically a shrug on the shoulders. Um, but I would say the one who was most skeptical, I guess, was my dad. At least mm-hmm. the third, at least the third time, he wasn't skeptical. The third time, he finally accepted it and he was fine with it. But I will say the first two times he was not uh, very well pleased about my conversion to Catholicism. The first time was because he actually believed in the because yeah because you know basically because of misconceptions. Supposedly, supposedly of you know Marian worship, rather you know the claim of Marian worship rather than worship to Christ and other things. The second time, on the other hand, uh, he didn't want me to convert because he saw how I was very connected to my Protestant community and how I was getting along well with everyone, and how everyone in my community loved me. So Mm -hmm. he thought it was a heartbreak enough that I would leave my Protestant community to come to a new community that you know doesn't even know me so that's so that's basically the other reason uh but although the last reason he just say you know what is your decision we'll leave it from there and um and at the end of the at the end of the day he got excited he got excited he was happy for me as a matter of fact he also went to my he went to my confirmation where I also received my first communion and he was and he was just happy for me there so I guess you can say that at first he was skeptical but later on, he was happy with it. Now, my friends, well, a lot of the friends that I that I that I had, um, didn't really have a problem with it because these were just friends from school who who didn't really necessarily care about religion. So even if I converted to Catholicism, it was basically a, a shrug on their shoulders. They didn't really they didn't really find it. Mm-hmm. Um. Now some of my pastors for example from my protestant community they just simply saw this as a journey as basically just a continuation of me being in my journey of faith but at the same time they, they kind of had some concerns or questions and they still would like to meet with me and then talk about and then talk about these things and hopefully that will be the case but uh, no negative reaction from there um and it doesn't seem like they had a problem with it because I made it abundantly clear for them that, you know, even though even though I am doing this, to me, you guys are still my brothers and I would still like to talk to you. Uh, because uh, before going to RCIA, a week before that, uh, what I did was basically doing, did a 12-page letter uh, explaining to them about why I wanted to convert to Catholicism, but as well as thanking them for all that they have done. And I made it abundantly clear for them that I still like to hang out, that I still like to hang out with them and talk to them. However, if they say any blasphemies against the Catholic Church, I'm going to have to, I, I just could, I just, I'm just not going to appreciate that. And they understand that they got caught the with that. But from there, I think that's where we went. So um, for the most part, it was, it was, I didn't get that much negativity only from one family member, but that's how it went from
0: there. I mean, that's pretty good though. I know a lot of people sometimes, you know, they get backlash from almost everybody and they're basically the only ones. Um, I know you'll really only had the slightest bit of issue with your dad the first few times of talking to him about it, but um, do you have advice for anyone who might be in a situation where they're getting a lot of negative feedback?
1: Yeah, so I would say, first of all, just continue to pray for those who are critiquing you, um, big or excuse me, whew, basically critiquing your conversion. I wouldn't say critiquing mm-hmm. you per se, because, but, <laughs> because they're not critiquing you; they're just critiquing the decision in and of itself. But um, because basically, because basically, um, I the first time those critiques happened, at least the second time the critiques happened, I just continually prayed that my dad will, will just will just accept my conversion and that the Holy spirit will work, will work in our household to accept, to accept my conversion and doubt and that I will be bold and courageous to confront him about me going to RCIA. So on and so forth. So basically prayer is the most, is the most important part. And to be fair, um, just, just do that and let God take care of the rest because at the end of the day, your conversion is about you getting closer to Christ, about you being able to find the fullness of truth, and at the end of you know it's, it's, it's salvation. At the end of the day, is uh, while it is while it is, uh, I guess you can say a pain, you know a, a pain that you got family members or friends just giving you this reactions. Um, you do the best you can, you know. If they if they are sincere. And they ask you questions about your conversion. I don't see a problem with you answering it. But if they're not being sincere and they're just doing it for the sake of critiques, you're not obligated to answer the questions. That's the thing. Uh, otherwise, I mean, not to be rude, but otherwise, you're technically wasting time because uh, because because they're not doing it for the sake. They're not doing it for the sake of understanding. They're just doing it for the sake of trying to convince you. Maybe they're just not doing it for for in terms of goodwill so let's say uh you have the conversation with them just take it from there if they don't accept it, at the end of the day it's fine just continue to pray for them continue ask them for ask them for the holy spirit to guide them and be open to the fullness of truth and who knows maybe they will maybe they will convert maybe they'll be open to the catholic to the catholic faith or they will just simply accept your conversion and might come to your confirmation. So yeah, I guess right. that would be my
0: advice. No, yeah, that's great, that's great. So then when you did, you know, was going through your conversion or even after you converted, um, what were like some of the like hardest things to accept about Catholicism, like dogmas and things like that?
1: Okay, wow, that's a big question there. Um, well, <laughs> Well, I guess my primary my one of my primary concerns was was regarding um it was primarily Marian Doctrines for the most part. Um such as the Immaculate Conception or the or the um uh, yeah, basically the Immaculate Conception or the Perpetual Virginity of Mary. I guess the way I confronted these things is again, I was again open to listening how how uh Catholics defend the Catholics defend uh, the dogma, the dogma of the, let's say, the perpetual virginity of Mary as an example. So, what I did was basically, um, I took the time to see what were the answers. And like I would write down, okay, this is my misconception about the perpetual virginity of Mary, duh, 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 like making a list on it. I, I put sacred scripture on it, you know, scriptures that would supposedly debunk the doctrine of the perpetual virginity of Mary, but at this, and then I would just listen to Catholic apologists talking about these things. And at the same time, I would go to uh, church fathers and one of the, ex- one of the best documents for, in defense, well, I mean, there's many, but one of the, at least one of the best ones for defense of the perpetual virginity of Mary is St. Jerome's writing, basically called on the perpetual virginity of Mary. And he basically addresses a lot of the misconceptions from Helvetius, which are many of the misconceptions that are used today. Um, But and that's kind of surprised me. I couldn't believe it. But um, so I would say primarily it was the Marian dogmas, like the like the Immaculate Conception, the Perpetual Virginity of Mary, something like the Assumption. Um, hmm. I guess another. I feel like
0: that's I feel like that's a lot of the ones that uh, converts you know tend to struggle with, and even some reverts because of the misconceptions that they've been told, and maybe you know, a lot of people, I feel like it's a topic that goes unresearched a lot. A lot of people are content with just staying in the ideology that uh, Catholics are wrong. And that's just that, you know? Um, So it's totally understandable. But yeah, that's definitely something that um, I've heard is the the Marian, you know, kind of dogmas kind of things for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And I guess my other uh, another example of, of what were some of the this isn't necessarily, well it is a dogma but uh, per se it just uh, so the, the other one was primarily authority um, because obviously from a Protestant background I am going to I'm going to believe in and you know sola Scriptura.
0: right
1: um, but I guess after researching about the Catholics pers- the Catholic perspective on the Magisterium and the episcopate, uh, from both, both biblically and and in church history, I realized that you know the magisterium actually makes a lot of sense. It's very stable. It really is uh, because for me at le- because for me at least pro- because at least for me in Protestantism, it was basically uh, at the end of the day my interpretation on 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 what the Bible says. Primarily my interpretation. Now, in some cases, Catholic can make their some some form of interpretation in sacred scripture. But I think in dogmas, like you know, just like we talked about justification or, uh, or salvation, um, the magisterium does clear that up. And that became really interesting for me because I am someone who likes to be organized. So when I confronted the, you know, the Catholic resources, such as the catechism, and then I realized, okay, let's say, what does the catechism teach us on this topic? And then they clearly tell you, okay, this is what we teach as Catholics and that was pretty much something that was helpful for me so the magisterium was another thing that i had trouble with um, but at the same time i was able to get past that as well as the as well as the how something like papal infallibility was something extremely useful mm-hmm. and again i had some minor is- misconceptions about papal infallibility primarily that okay whatever the pope says therefore that that dogma and that's infallible Right. Um, but it's more, but it's more, it's more complex than what people assume. But yeah, basically Marian dogmas and the, in the, te- and the teaching of the magisterium were my primary concerns.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's a big one, especially when it comes to like the Pope and things and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those are a lot of misconceptions surrounding both of those things. Um, so what was your favorite part of this journey coming into the church? Like the most favorite part?
1: I would say I would say it was primarily uh, to be able to finally receive our Lord in the in the Holy Eucharist. I was from day one I was so hesitant and just extremely excited on how the on how uh, close the days were getting. So I would say that was the primary thing that I was trying to uh, to focus on the most uh, to receive our Lord in the in the Holy Eucharist and. And Lent really helped me out. This uh, Lent really helped me out, especially in and trying to strive to become holier, to get closer to God, and in preparation for this. But yeah, I would say my favorite part out of everything else was to be able to finally finish the process, get to Paschal Vigil, and to receive our and to receive our Lord uh, and the Holy Eucharist. That was my that was the highlight of my of my conversion.
0: So. I love it. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's like we learn all this stuff and everything, but the true, the true gift is the Eucharist, and so it's yeah. so it's a beautiful thing to witness when yeah, somebody and, receives.
1: Yeah, and adding on to that, I realized after I it was Paschal Vigil, um, and I finally received him. I got to realize that same day that all the sacrifices that I've done, especially in leaving my Protestant community. Just to receive our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, I realized at that instant that it was really all worth it. Like the second I received him, all that stress that were just in my shoulders, all those worries and, and past uh, sacrifices that I made, I realized, wow, this was, this was all worth it and I'm blessed that I have done that. So.
0: It's amazing what he can do for us. And finally, our final question do you have any advice for those looking to start RCIA or are simply just researching Catholicism?
1: Yeah, so I think first, so I think in matters of RCIA, uh, here's what I would advise. Um, don't just, well, you can't do this, but just be prepared. At least try to do your own personal research before you come to RCIA. And when you, because here's the, because here's the thing, um, the coordinator is not going to know some of the things that you're having trouble with, you know, or, or the priest or whoever's teaching you, they're not gonna know what was some of the things that you're having trouble with. So at least think of a topic, for example, and try to write down some questions because maybe at the end of, the, of a lesson, they're gonna say, so do you have any questions so that the, in, the next, in the next meeting we, could, we can go over these things. So just uh, research a topic, ask some questions and when you're ready to go to RCI, do, do so uh because i i would hate i would hate for a person to go to rcia and then finish the confirmation and what and so on and so forth but then they get to a topic and they don't have any clue they don't have any clue what's the answers to it and i mean might as well get it done in rcia rather than you know uh, struggling with it later on and be prepared at least um i guess another advice especially for those who are researching um first of all and i mean i stress this out enough don't I mean, don't go to secondary sources. I I mean, I kid you not. Because coming from somebody who used secondary sources, Protestant resources, uh, uh, using Catholic sources and distorting them, don't do that because you're gonna be misled. I would go to the primary sources. So in other words, uh, use sources like the Catechism. Uh, research about research about uh, now, I'm not expecting you to be a scholar, don't get me wrong, but at least get an understanding of things like the councils, some of the doctrines that we teach and where do we get it from the fathers as well as sacred scripture. And you can go to a lot of resources like uh, for example, Catholic Answers is very, is very helpful and, 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 and explaining uh, simply what the Catholic Church teaches on this subject um get some get some good books that will help you that will help you out and and another advice is if you get a book just let's say hypothetically you get a secondary source if they give you a citation of the primary source go to that primary source and read the paragraph before that and the paragraph after that the reason why i say that is because somebody can take a sentence and completely misinterpret, uh, completely interpreted the way they want to. So, just giving y'all that warning, especially it happens all
0: the time in the Bible.
1: <laughs> thank you. I was just about to say that, especially in the Bible. If the, if if you get this verse, read the verses before that, and read the verses after that. Shoot, I would even encourage to read the entire chapter, or even the chapter before that. <laughs> oh, I agree. Um, but um, yeah, and and here's the thing. Take your take your time on like don't don't rush on you don't want to miss something that is important now i get it and i bet a lot of catholics are going to say this but you do realize this is salvation we're talking about i got it but you don't want to come to a point where you're you're just throwing where people are just throwing these points at, at people who are interested in, in the conversion but let's say but let's say something let's say for example i provide a Church father quote on this one topic, and this happens. And this happens sometimes. Some people take a patristic quote on one topic, but maybe the quote that they chose has nothing to do with the topic. And so mm-hmm. the person researches this, researches it, and they realize, okay, I've almost been deceived by a Catholic, uh, and I'm gonna have trouble trusting now Catholic resources. I'm not saying this happens for everyone, but I'm just saying that give uh, people who are interested in this give them time because is a strong decision uh, especially because you know you come from a background where you believe in god but then you realize your religion is wrong and then you're trying to come to another religion guys you got to realize this is is pressuring for some converts because especially if you come from a background where you believe in god and, eter- and uh, etern and eternity a lot, of, a lot of converts have the fear about going to hell because they, because they believe the wrong religion. And so when they research another new religion, they say, wait, how do I know this is the right religion? And so on and so forth. So I say, so for converts, especially in researching, it's something that takes a lot of time. Um, it's not easy, especially again, we're a 2000 year old church. We have a lot of things. We have a lot of resources, which is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. but it just But it's just something that takes a lot of time and energy. And I mean, especially for someone like me, who I was a junior in high school. I mean, junior year was my busiest year in high school. So, in researching these things, I had to even study during the night and end up early in the morning with with baggy eyes and everything. So, so my advice for those who are researching: first of all, take your time; don't rush into it. Understand what we teach as cat. Understand what we teach as Catholics. If you have a question about uh about something, about some, whether it's in regards to a catechism or a doctrine, again, we have a lot of great resources. Uh, try your very best to fully understand these things, or at least get a better understanding of it, rather than just believing in misconceptions. And because I was personally desperate to finally come to the Catholic Church, but at the same time, during the process, I had some other questions, and you just don't want to rush into these things. Because, right. it's, because it might even affect you mentally speaking.
0: So- mentally, but also spiritually. I mean, if you come into the church spiritually unprepared, like I had one person text me saying that they were being received into the church that Easter. Mm-hmm. And they still refused the dogma of um, Our Lady's like perpetual virginity and like a couple others. And I was just like, then you should not be getting received into the church if you cannot fully understand, because that's putting yourself in spiritual danger, because you are not being honest before God that that it, it opens up this whole other level. So I completely agree.
1: Yeah, <laughs> funny story. I actually knew someone who was a Catholic for like 30 years or so. And she came up onto me one day, and I was still a, a, a Protestant when this happened. She actually c- came to me and then she said that she doesn't be- she never believed in the perpetual virginity of Mary. And I had a and I almost had a heart attack that day. I was like, <laughs> I was like, ma'am, you're you're telling me you received the Eucharist for like something somewhat years, and you're gonna tell me now that, that you never believed in this doctrine? What the heck? But Point is, you know, even, 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 um and this is important, even for those who've always who've been baptized into the Catholic Church since the beginning. You know, especially you guys gotta learn. You guys gotta learn. You know, learn the dogmas and understand why we accept it as Catholics, rather than just saying, "Okay, well, it's just the church. Te- it's just the way the church teaches it. Therefore, there, we go from there." Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, especially, I mean, especially when we live in a world that is anti-Catholic, and then. They question us about these things. So I think it's better for us to come prepared. But the point is for converts. Yeah. Take your, take your time and researching about the faith. Again, don't go to secondary sources. If you do go to secondary sources, find out what are the primary sources, go to the primary sources and know whether they're being correct. And just, and just take the time to understand, to understand the perspectives and just be fully open to it.
0: I love it. Well, thank you so much, Gabe. And where can my followers find you on your social media?
1: yeah so uh if you guys want you can follow me on both instagram and twitter that and uh is is basically catholic gabe just all together catholic gabe and if you want to subscribe to my youtube channel it's also catholic gabe uh where i do where i just uh started and if you guys haven't haven't yet uh just to do a little promotion uh Miss Amber Rose and I are in a, are in a YouTube channel that we just kicked off, which is called the Catholic hour guaranteed. If you guys haven't done it yet do so, where we will be talking, going over uh, discussions on certain topics, uh, that will help you grow spiritually. So,
0: yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, for my own little tidbit out there, there's two books that I personally have found extremely helpful. One is Surprised by Truth by Patrick Madrid. It's 11 converts' stories as to why they converted. There's three books all together, but I really love that. That is like a really, really good series. And then the second book I would also suggest is, um, I I guess it's not technically a convert book, but I absolutely loved it. It's called The Anti-Mary Exposed. Yeah. And it's just an awesome book for women, but also I think men should read it as well. It's about the anti-feminist like well, the, the feminist movement, you know, that we know and things. And it's just a really important book to dive into the history and understand ourselves, you know, as humans, you know, as, as crea- creations of God. But perfect. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Gabe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for having me on.
0: Yeah, of course. And with all of that being said, I hope you guys found this podcast inspirational, and hopefully it helped any of you out there that had questions. And I will talk to you guys in the next podcast. Bye. Questions or comments about today's episode, email me at the at gmail.com or leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward the religious hippie. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyrighted content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure to visit the official website for the International Association of Metatomics at metatomics.org or find us on social media for other unique content.